Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is going to be for section 81. I'm going to start by reading the heading first. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Hiram, Ohio, March the 15th, 1832. Frederick G. Williams is called to be a high priest and a counselor in the presidency of the high priesthood. The historical records show that when this revelation was received in March 1832, it called Jesse Gauze to the office of counselor to Joseph Smith in the presidency. However, when he failed to continue in a manner consistent with this appointment, the call was subsequently transferred to Frederick G. Williams. The revelation, dated March of 1832, should be regarded as a step toward the the formal organization of the first presidency, specifically calling for the office of counselor in that body and explaining the dignity of the appointment. Brother Gauze served for a time but was excommunicated from the church in December 1832. Brother Williams was ordained to the specific office on March the 18th, 1833. So this is the first time we talk about a presidency of the first presidency. Uh, On March the 15th, the prophet received a revelation calling Frederick G. Williams to be the counselor. Originally, however, this revelation was directed to Jesse Gauze. Our earliest reference to Jesse is as a a member of the Shaker communities in Hancock near Pittsfield and possibly in North Union, Ohio as well. His conversion and baptism are not found in any of the records of the church, but one writer has suggested that he was converted by Reynolds Cahoon in late 1830. It was not until the 8th of March, 1832, when Jesse was called to be a counselor to Joseph Smith in the presidency of the high priesthood, that his name is even mentioned in surviving church records. The notation in the Kirtland Revelation book is as follows. March 8, 1832, chose this day and ordained Brother Jesse Gauze and Brother Sidney to be my counselors in the ministry of the presidency of the high priesthood. One week later, a revelation concerning Jesse Gauze was received by Joseph Smith confirming Jesse in in his work and giving further direction in his office and calling. There are two manuscript copies of this revelation extant. In both of these, Jesse Gauze's name has been crossed out and Frederick G. Williams's name written above it. Since that time, all published copies of this revelation list Frederick G. Williams as the one to whom it is directed. Since this revelation contains instructions, duties, and promised blessings to the one called as a counselor to the prophet, the revelation was just as appropriate for Frederick G. Williams as it was to Jesse Gauze. After Jesse was ordained, he appeared in a leading role in the church for only a short time. In April 1832, he accompanied Joseph Smith, Newell K. Whitney, and Peter Whitmer, Jr. on a trip to Missouri. They arrived on the 24th of April and began holding conferences with the saints in Zion on the 26th. In the minutes of a meeting of the literary firm held on Monday, the 30th of April, Jesse Gauze was listed as a counselor to Joseph Smith. Upon his return to Kirtland, Jesse was called to serve a mission with Zebedee Coltrane. They began their journey on the 1st of August, 1832, and traveled until the 19th, at which time Coltrane decided to return to Kirtland because of severe pains in his head. After praying with and for each other, they parted. 
Jesse Gauze continued east and walked right out, of, right out of the history of the church, never again to return. There appears to be no other record of the man, either in or out of the church. Some months after the departure of Jesse Gauze, the presidency of the high priesthood was reorganized, with Frederick G. Williams replacing him as counselor. This reorganization was commanded in section 90 of the Doctrine and Covenants and actually took place on the 18th of March, 1833, and that was by uh, Robert Woodford. Verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, my servant Frederick G. Williams, listen to the voice of him who speaketh to the word of the Lord your God, and hearken to the calling wherewith you are called, even to be a high priest in my church and a counselor unto my servant Joseph Smith, Jr. Notice that you don't have to be a, a member of the Twelve or a, an apostle to be in the First Presidency, but you do have to be a high priest. At a conference of the church held in Amherst, Ohio, the 25th of January, 1832, the prophet Joseph Smith was sustained and then ordained president of the high priesthood, which organization <clears throat> recognized his right to preside over the priesthood and serve as president of the church. Jesse Gauze and Sidney Rigdon were chosen as his counselors in the first presidency and were ordained high priests on the 8th of March, 1832. That was by... Uh, uh, Joseph Hila McConkie. Jesse Goss served as a counselor for a year. <clears throat> Verse 2. Unto whom I have given the keys of the kingdom, which belong always unto the presidency of the high priesthood. Keys which are the right of presidency belong to those called to preside over the quorums of the priesthood. The kingdom is the church of God as established on the earth. Thus the keys of the kingdom constitute the authority to preside over the church. The right of presidency, or the keys of the Aaronic priesthood, were restored to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery by John the Baptist on the 15th of May, 1829. John the Baptist told Joseph and Oliver that he acted under the direction of Peter, James, and John, who held the keys of the Melchizedek priesthood. Unto you three, the Savior had promised, Peter, James, and John, I will give this power and the keys of this ministry until I come. Peter, James, and John constituted the first presidency in the Meridian Dispensation, and they alone could restore that authority to those of our day. So it was that the Meridian Presidency appeared to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, declaring themselves as possessing the keys of the kingdom and of the dispensation of the fullness of times, which keys they committed to these two men." presidency of the high priesthood. To hold the presidency of the high priesthood is to preside over the high priests or to preside over all who hold the priesthood, be it Aaronic or Melchizedek. The presidency of the high priesthood, after the order of Melchizedek, have a right to officiate in all the offices of the church. They form a quorum of the presidency of the church, groups that have broken from the church claiming keys of a greater nature than those conferred on the prophet or keys conferred to them through secret ordinations are at odds with these revelations. Joseph Fielding Smith explained the relationship between the presidency of the high priesthood and the presidency of the church. There is a difference between the office of president of the church and president of the high priesthood. However, these two offices cannot be separated and must be held by the same person, duly appointed and sustained by proper vote. As president of the church, the presiding officer presides over all the membership of the church. As president of the high priesthood, he presides over all the priesthood of the church and has authority to regulate it, for he holds the keys of that priesthood. The president of the church holds the supreme authority, he, he it is, who holds the right of decision and the right of revelation for the priesthood and for the church. 
Verse 3, Therefore verily I acknowledge him, and will bless him, and also thee, inasmuch as thou art faithful in counsel, in the office which I have appointed unto you, in prayer always, vocally and in thy heart, in public and in private, also in thy ministry, in proclaiming the gospel in the land of the living and among thy brethren. And in doing these things thou wilt do the greatest good unto thy fellow servants, or unto thy fellow beings, and wilt promote the glory of him who is your Lord. Wherefore, be faithful, stand in the office which I have appointed unto you, succor the weak, lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. And if thou art faithful unto the end, thou shalt have a crown of immortality, and eternal life in the mansions which I have prepared for the in the house of my Father. No salvation is found in the holding of a, of a particular office. All officers in the church must work out their salvation with fear and trembling, according to the same terms and covenants as all other members. In the church and kingdom of God, all are equal as to their rights to draw upon the blessings and powers of heaven. The story of Jesse Gauze is instructive. This man, called to a position of trust, simply did not answer the call. Invited to stand among the noble and great ones, he simply refused. Today, his name is remembered by none but those who have a special love for the details of the history of the church. Like you, I suppose, huh? Because now you know. Jesse Gauz is no different from countless others who have also been called to write their names in the Lamb's Book of Life, thereby ensuring themselves a place of honor among their posterity, but who also refused the call. Of Jesse Gauz, we know that he had been a member of the Shaker communities in Hancock and possibly in North Union. No record of his baptism is, is mentioned. I said that before. Uh, let's see. In both these revelations, Jesse Gauz's name has been crossed out. I think I mentioned that already, too. I think I'll just skip ahead then. Verse 7, Behold and lo, these are the words of Alpha and Omega, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Not just the first and last, but everything in between. I bear testimony that these things are true, and that as we accept callings in the church, uh, and those, uh, I should mention, I guess, who holds keys in the church, and that's quorum presidents, bishops, uh, and then those that preside over temples and over missions also have co uh, have priesthood keys. So the twelve hold keys, the first presidency, state president, bishop, teachers quorum presidents, deacons quorum presidents, and uh, temple and mission presidents. I bear testimony that these things are true and say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.